Hey, I'm Amy. And I'm Carrie. And this is Perks of Being a Book Lover. A show where two friends chat about books and reading with another book lover. And what we have found from doing this podcast is that book lovers tend to be really cool people and we end up having really cool conversations. Our show is going to sound just slightly different than it has in the past. If you've been listening to our show for a little while, we decided to change it up. The substance is not going to change. We're still going to talk with a guest and we're still going to talk about what we're reading and we're still going to ask them uh, some burning questions to tell us a little bit more about them. But we're going to chat a little more. Were you getting a little bored with our opener since you have to edit it and listen to it over and over and over again? I mean, I think you got a little tired of like, oh, my God, I'm so sick of listening to this. So this year is equivalent to like five years. Yes. Really. But I'm really bummed that you didn't like my suggestion (laughs) <laughs> Amy texted me and said, how would you describe our podcast in a sentence? And she didn't like my suggestion, which was a hellscape of reading competition and book anxiety. <laughs> I thought that might put some people off. Maybe. No offense. All of that is to say that we have changed just some tweaking of little things in our podcast. We're going into two years. I got bored of listening to our old opener and we decided to try something new. So we'd love any feedback that anybody wants to give us or things that you'd like to see us do. You know, if I was going to add to that, my original suggestion, it would be a hellscape of reading competition, book anxiety, and annoying cats who screw up our recording on the regular. That's true. Yes. We would have to add that. (laughs) Yes. Yes, we would. So, Carrie, we need to talk a little bit about a banjo. Yes. Hang on one second. I'll introduce you to her. Hang on. Uh oh. <laughs> I have not tuned it this morning, but. Doesn't that sound good? That's pretty darn good. And you and you taught yourself that by YouTube? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Somebody on YouTube showed me that and I went I can do that but I blame Steve Martin for this and his audiobook Born Standing Up because I listened to it this winter and I kept thinking about banjos <laughs> and you know my mom always told me you know if you think you want something don't go get it right away you know think about it and if you forget about it then you really didn't want it anyway And I kept thinking about banjos and I finally decided, you know what, just go. Yeah. I didn't buy an expensive banjo, but just go buy a banjo. So I now have a banjo. So that's something new and (laughs) aggravating for my family. So Uh, it was crochet and now it's banjo. Yes. because Well, and, and the crochet. So I taught, well, when I say I taught myself, I watch YouTube. So YouTube actually taught me to crochet, but 2020 stuck in our houses and you know I wasn't working and I need something to do so I got some yarn and watch YouTube and learned how to crochet and I am not a good crocheter but I can make some stuff far more than I ever actually thought I could make and so you know with that success I thought well 
why not banjo? The good thing about a banjo is that the way the strings are, you can just string a banjo and it sounds pretty good just because of the way the strings are. So I was like, how badly can I mess this up? It's like the little black dress of string instruments. You know, everybody looks good in a little black dress. Yes, it is. And my daughter's boyfriend plays classical guitar. I actually texted him because the very first thing I did when I brought it home and I was trying to tune it as I broke a string. So then I texted him and I was like, do you know how to change a banjo string? Well, anyway, he was going to help me yesterday, but I ended up watching YouTube where all knowledge exists now. We, you know, I guess it used to be the Library of Alexandria, but now it's YouTube. <laughs> and so I watched YouTube and I figured out how to change the string myself. It's all because of Steve Martin. It's all because of Steve Martin. So, he, you know, if I end up being able to actually play something and sound halfway decent, he can take the credit. And if I suck, he's totally going to take the blame. So... You talked about his memoir a little bit earlier in this year. I don't remember which episode it was. But you also have told me that there was a children's book. Yes. Right? So uh, so when my boys were little, he wrote a book called Late for School. And there's a song that goes with the book. And I don't know which came first. I don't know if the book came first and then the song or the song was there and then he made the book. I'm thinking that's probably what it was. It was a song first. So when my boys were little, I bought this book and we listened to this song over and over and over and over again. And it is just so catchy. And the funny thing is my middle child, and it's a fast paced song, right? Like this isn't like a slow banjo song. This is a pretty fast paced song. And Steve Martin sings really quickly. And my son could actually sing the words. Like he listened to the song so much that he could sing it by heart. So anyway. and, it's, and it's a banjo song. And it is a banjo song. Yeah. Books can make you do awesome and potentially stupid things. <laughs> I, I think that this banjo thing may, be, may fall more on the stupid category, but that's all right. <laughs> you know, there are worse things I could have spent, you know, a hundred and some change on. Does this mean that you're going to bring the banjo to like our book club meetings? And oh, maybe. Play? <laughs> <laughs> And does she have a name? You refer to her as a she. Um, I'm still thinking. Okay. Like maybe Myrtle. Myrtle, Myrtle. Myrtle the banjo. Myrtle the banjo. Although maybe it should be a B name. I don't know. I'm still, I like alliteration. So I got to think. Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit about our guest this week. I saw an article by Book Riot on the internet. And they featured our guest today, Josiah Jason, who is an 11-year-old young reader in Ypsilanti, Michigan. And he started his own podcast. His inspiration for the podcast came from his visits when he was six and seven to a barbershop in his town in Ypsilanti, Michigan, with a Read to the Barber program. And in this program, kids can read to the barber and earn $2 and they get to practice their reading. And this was a program that I think initially began in Harlem and now other barbershops have sort of picked it up and hint, hint, any barbers here in Louisville, that would be a great program to try. That would be a great program. We'd love to hear from you if you do that. Yes. And I just thought it was a really cool concept. So we reached out to Josiah's family and they agreed to talk with us this week. 
Yeah, and he's super fun. It's always fun to talk to kids, especially about reading. Like, it's fun to talk to adults about reading, but I think it's especially fun to talk to kids about reading because, you know, depending on their age, they're just enthusiastic and fun. And so I enjoyed talking to Josiah. So we talked to Josiah this week, and we also talked to Josiah's dad, Keith. I hope you enjoy our conversation this week. Josiah, how are you feeling today? I guess you're probably not nervous because you're a pro at this. I'm feeling good. Now, are you back in real life school right now, or are you doing virtual Uh, school? I'm doing virtual school. Doing virtual school. That's what my kids are doing, too. Well, we are so glad you're here. Tell us a little bit about your podcast. It's Read Books with Josiah. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so uh, my podcast is called Read Books with Josiah. And on my podcast, I like pick a book to do. And basically, I like review the book and share what I love about it. And how long have you been doing that? How long have y'all been doing the podcast? For about three months now. Okay. So is it is it still fun to do? Yes. Now, I hear that the letters in the word read in the title of your podcast stand for something. So what do they stand for? Uh, yeah, it, it's an acronym for read, explore, adore, and discuss. Cool. So did you come up with that or, or did you did you talk to your parents about it and did y'all kind of come up with it as a as a group? Uh, well, my grandma, she thought of the, like, acronym, I think, Read, Explore, Adore, Dissect. And then we decided to change it to Read, Explore, Adore, and Discuss. Very cool. So grandma gets credit for that. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) Grandmas are pretty smart. Mm -hmm. So how did the idea for your podcast come about? Uh, well, a few years ago. Me and my brother, we did a podcast, and then we decided to stop doing it. And then recently, I wanted to do, I wanted to start up that podcast again, but my brother didn't want to. So I had to think of a podcast that I could do by myself. And my mom came up with the idea of a reading podcast. I know that. When I read about you on the Book Riot website, they talked about a barbershop program where you would go to get your hair cut and you would read to the barber. So was that an inspiration for your podcast? Uh, Well, yeah, like the read to a barber program is basically where you pick a book to read to the barber and then you get $2 when you're done getting your hair cut. And it, like, really helped me become confident in reading and, like, helped me grow a love for reading. What did you like best about the Barber program? Or is there a book that you remember reading to the Barber? Well, I remember reading a book about a black doctor. He came up with surgery to do on babies that had baby blue heart syndrome or something like that Mm -hmm. yeah i remember reading about him josiah when you would read to the barber did you take the book or did you pick from books that were there how did that work oh yeah so they had books that like they had like a bookshelf of books and you could pick 
whatever book you wanted to read. And how old were you when you were doing this? I think I started doing it when I was seven or eight. And you're 10 now, is that right? Uh, well, I just turned 11 recently. Oh. Well, well, happy, happy birthday. birthday. Thank you. <laughs> so 11, does that, let's see, fourth or fifth grade? I'm in fifth grade. I have a fifth grader too. So that's very cool. Does your dad help you with the podcast? Uh, Yeah, he helps me a lot with like the recording and editing process. I can edit some of it, but he does most of the editing. So how do you divide up the responsibilities? So your dad mainly does the editing and you do the recording. What steps do you take to get ready to record an episode? Uh, well, I first start out with like writing my outline, like a draft of an outline, and then my mom helps me edit it to make it better. And then we do the recording. And then once I'm done recording, my dad will edit it. Well, how long does it take? Like from the point where, you know, you're sort of planning it and then the recording and then the editing? Uh, well, I usually like do the outline a few days before I actually start recording. But then when we record, uh, it usually takes about like 45 minutes to an hour to record. And then like another hour to edit it so Josiah I'm wondering so have you read a book before you write the outline or do you do the outline and then you read the book uh I read the book before I do the outline and how do you choose a book do you just pick any book you feel like reading well I usually do books that I've already read and I choose like the ones that I've liked most so your your show has a couple of different segments to it, and you always have a joke after your intro, and then you also have a section where you give facts about the topic that you're reading about, and both of those are really fun to listen to. So how did you decide that you wanted to include those in the show? Well, most of the segments of the show like go along with the read format so first I read a part of the book then I explore some facts about the book inspired me to learn then I share what I adored about the book then I discuss it with some friends and I like to include the joke because I just think it's really fun and I like to make people laugh (laughs) do you have a lot of joke books my boys when they were your age had a lot of joke books uh, no, we don't really have a lot of joke books. I usually, like, look up jokes on uh-huh. the internet. You mentioned that you discuss the book with your friends. So tell me a little bit about that. Like, is that like a book club type situation? Or do you have different friends that you discuss books with? Or is it always the same people? Well, so far, it's mostly been the same people it's not like the same people each time I usually just have done my brother and two of my friends from school and uh, what I do is like mostly I just prepare some questions to ask them about the book and then they'll answer it 
do they ever give you a hard time about reading the book? Like maybe they don't want to read that particular book or are they pretty good about it because they want to help you out? Well, usually they've already read the book because most of the ones that I've invited them on, we read it in school together. Okay. Well, what kind of reaction have kids at your school or your friends had about the podcast? They thought that it was like really cool. And then when they saw like getting interviewed and stuff, they thought I was famous. (laughs) (laughs) You are famous. You're like the celebrity at your school, aren't you? Kind of, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? You should really hit up your teacher for some like extra bonus points in English, especially, (laughs) right? (laughs) For doing the podcast about books. Did you talk about books with your friends before you started the podcast? Or is that something that you just, you know, because it was part of your show, you decided to do? Well, sometimes if we were like reading the same book, we would talk about it. But most of the time, we wouldn't really talk about books that much. So are there certain books or like types of books that you especially like to read? Well, my favorite genre to read is fantasy. Ooh. So yeah, I really love fantasy books. So do you have any favorite fantasy books that you've read? Well, I don't have a favorite book because there's just so many great books, but uh, my favorite series is the Wings of Fire series. Oh, I've heard about that one. Who writes that? Uh, Do you know? Sui T. Sutherland, I think. Is that about dragons? Yeah. I have heard about that series. So is that a series like, have you read all the books in the series? Uh, I've read all the books except one that recently came out. I'm listening to it on an audiobook right now. Do you listen to a lot of audiobooks? Do you prefer reading it like that or like a regular hard copy of a book? Well, I prefer a copy of the book that you can like touch and read but if we don't have the book or like we're in a long car drive or something like that I might listen to an audiobook. And do you like reading book series like is that something that will make you want to read a book as if there's lots in a series? Uh, Yeah I really do like reading series are there other series that, that you've read before that you can think of? I've read the Percy Jackson series. Because oh. you the- really like Greek mythology, right? Yeah. And I think, d- didn't Rick Riordan, doesn't he have another series? It's not about Greek mythology, but it's about, seems like it's another type of mythology. He has a series about uh, Egyptian mythology. Ah, that's it. Yeah. Which one did you like better? Uh, I like the Percy Jackson series mm-hmm. better, but the one about Egyptian mythology was still really good. So were you a podcast listener before you had your own podcast, or do you listen to them now? Well, recently I haven't really listened to a lot of podcasts, but I used to listen to a lot of podcasts like Wow in the World six minutes and smash boom best are those podcasts that are sort of geared towards kids yeah well 
wow in the world it's basically like each episode they have uh, like a cool topic that they talk about like that you might they probably don't know about and then six minutes is about this girl who finds out she's like half robot oh oh so that's like a story podcast yeah uh-huh. And then Smash Boom Best is that they have two people. They, like, have a debate about which, like, Marvel or DC, they debate about which is better. And then they have a judge who decides who's the winner. Uh uh-huh. Podcasts are so cool because you can have them on any subject that you want, you know? And anything that you're interested in, you can find a podcast about it. So sometimes young men like yourself start to think that reading isn't very cool, especially as they start to become, you know, teenagers and and things. So what do you hope that your podcast does to help in that area? Well, that like reading is more than just looking at words on a page. And Uh there's like tons of different kinds of books. So if you don't like realistic fiction, you know, you might like a different type of genre, like poetry. Yeah. So you've gotten a lot of attention lately for your podcast. You were featured on the Book Riot website, which is where I saw you, and you've been interviewed by your state NPR station and CNN and ABC World News Tonight. So what has that been like? Has that been cool or has it been weird? I think it's been like really cool because when I first started my podcast – I didn't think it was going to get, like, I was going to get interviewed by people and people would, like, actually want to talk to me about it. But then it was, like, really cool to see how people actually, like, really liked it and wanted to talk to me about it. Do you have future plans for your podcast or other things that you want to try now? Um, not really. I think I'm just going to stick with what I'm doing right now. So I have to ask, you know, I don't know if you're like this, Josiah, but sometimes I find that people who really like books have opinions about bookish things. Like they feel pretty strongly about certain things. Like they really love actual, you know, books in their hand versus like reading them on a Kindle. So I'm curious, how do you feel about like if you start reading a book and you don't really love it. How do you feel about stopping the book? Do you stop reading the book or do you keep going and finish it even though you may not love the book? Well, uh, I think that you should at least give it a try. Like you shouldn't read the first chapter then be like, oh, this book is boring. I don't want to read this. Like I remember I was reading the fifth Harry Potter book and I like read 400 pages before I stopped. So I think wow. at least give it a try before you decide that it you don't like it. Okay, I have another question kind of along those lines. How do you feel about, like, for instance, the Percy Jackson books? I mean, you know, those were made into movies. Do you think you always should read the book before you see the movie? Or are you okay seeing a movie, an adaptation, if you haven't read the book yet? I think you should read the book if it's, like, available. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't really, like, feel strongly against seeing the movie before 
the book, but yeah, yeah. I think you should at least try to get the book before you see the movie. Have you seen the Percy Jackson movie? Yeah, and I didn't really like them. <laughs> <laughs> what didn't you, did what didn't you like about it? Was it not close enough to the book? Yeah, like they took out like I don't remember what they took out, but I remember they took out like one of the most important parts about the book and I was just very mad that they did that. I know. Why do they do that? I don't know why they do that. <laughs> Josiah, I have to tell you, in addition to just being a book lover myself, I'm also an English teacher, and I would love to have you in a class. (laughs) It would be amazing. (laughs) He's like, I don't know what to say to that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Josiah, now we're going to ask your dad some questions. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. So... Keith, tell us a little bit about, from your perspective, you know, was he interested in books like from the time he was little or was that something that he was reluctant to do? It sounds like he was probably into books from the get-go. Absolutely. Josiah has always gravitated toward books. Um, There are pictures of him as a child just laying on his back with a book in his hand and reading. Um, You know, he is the kind of kid where you can wonder where he is, but then you realize he's probably in his room reading. And that's more often than not where he's at when I'm not quite sure. And so, you know, he has just blazed through books. My wife is by training an elementary school teacher and a high school guidance counselor. And so she was always very big on promoting reading with both of the boys. And she would take them to the library. They would go pick out books uh, we'd think we got enough books for two or three weeks and Josiah would be done in sometimes two or three hours, sometimes oh, wow. two or three days. And then we'd have to make a trip back to the library. And so, you know, he's always demonstrated a love for reading. He's always shown that he's actually understanding what he's reading. He's not just looking at the pages. And, you know, when I was a kid, they had the Book It program with Pizza Hut. Yes, and I remember I doing to, that. Yeah. That was that was a great program. And probably got me addicted to pizza. But, um, it, you know, I used to just kind of flip through the pages and pretend like I read them so I could check them off and go get a star and then get a free pizza from Pizza Hut. Uh, but Josiah didn't do that. He would actually demonstrate that he understood what was going on. You could tell by his conversation and the way it changed, his vocabulary, the way that he grew, that he was actually reading and consuming all these things. There's times where he would say stuff and I'm like, where did you get that? And because, you know, he was at the time seven, eight years old. He's like, well, I read it in a book. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And so <laughs> he just never ceases to amaze me with the stuff that he picks up. Are you and your wife now, are, are you all big readers? Did he see you all reading? So he's probably seen me looking at my phone more than he's seen me reading, in all honesty. <laughs> I have never been a big reader. Uh, my wife, on the other hand, is a big reader. And so he may have seen her reading books. Uh, but I think mostly this is something that he just naturally gravitated toward. And my wife talks when she was young about, you know, being able to get lost in books and do those things too. So Josiah is very much personality, temperament, even physical appearance, looks much more like my wife. My older son is just a carbon copy of me. Huh. And so it's it's interesting how that's worked out. So what role have you played in helping Josiah launch and get this podcast off the ground? 
Well, I think that one of the things that I've been able to do is help him with introducing him to the Read to a Barber program. Although I've never had a good relationship with reading, I understand how important it is. And I've read enough, right? Like I went to school, I got two degrees yeah. and did those things, yeah. but I, I never enjoyed it. But I wanted him to be able to say he enjoyed it and his brother too. Introducing them to the program and then with this, because I work on a college campus, do programming for college students and teach classes and all those things, helping him with the formatting of things and understanding this is the outline that we can use. This is what you need to have done by this day. Now let's take a step back from this and then dream where do we want to go from here? And although he didn't have much to offer today in terms of where he wants to go from here, we're working on what he would like to do next and helping him understand how to be okay with saying, I want to do this, even if it might sound, you know, to other people a bit ridiculous, but, you know, nobody would have imagined that he would be talking to NPR uh, right. at this point in the game. And so, hey, son, if you want to interview Joe Biden one day, let's put it on paper and see how we can make it happen. You know, if you want to interview your congresswoman, or if you want to include the people from the Detroit Pistons on your podcast, why not write those things down? And then let's look at how we can help bring those ideas to life. Absolutely. And, you know, something that Amy and I have learned from from doing this podcast is it never hurts to ask. The worst they can say is no. And then you move on. So yep. and, and a lot of times they say yes. So, yep, absolutely. That's something that I tell my college students and my kids all the time is that whenever you ask a question, I guess the worst thing somebody can do is say no. Or maybe call the police. But let's work on asking the question in a manner where they're not going to call the police. And then chances are you can get a yes answer. I know for Amy and myself, there was a big learning curve for us. We did not know how to use GarageBand. We have had to, I mean, we had to pay some teenagers to come show us how to use some of these tools. So for you, because you do the editing, was that something that you were already familiar with or or did you have a learning curve? There was a bit of a learning curve because I learned how to podcast in GarageBand. We use Audacity for, for this podcast that we're doing with Josiah. And so there was a bit of a curve there. But YouTube is the university of all things right now. And so <laughs> yes. wherever you need some help, some guidance, there's a strong chance that there's a YouTube video showing you how to do it. Now, you might have to watch a 20-minute video to get 45 seconds worth of help, but there is a YouTube video that is out there to help you with things. Or if you're like us, you might have to watch the video and stop it and go back 15,000 times because they're going so fast that your middle-aged brain can't pick it up fast enough. And the people who made the video probably appreciate that because it helps get their views up. Oh, well, good, <laughs> good. <laughs> so I love that Read the Barber program. And I had read about one in Harlem, and I think that there was maybe also one in Iowa. And I would love it if there would be more of them. I wish, I hope that people listen to this podcast and maybe somebody in our city will start a Read the Barber program. But, you know, you took your sons there in your town to do that. I, you know, it obviously had a big impact on Josiah. Do you know if, if they get a lot of kids using that program with the barber? Absolutely. Do you know anything about that? I mean, uh, we started with the program in 2015. Um, in 2016, there was an article that ran about it in the uh, local newspaper 
that then turned into the interview with Michigan Radio, which then got picked up and run on the national NPR uh, radio station uh, or all the syndicated stations. Then from there, CNN came in. Then ABC World News Tonight came in. So for a while, there was a time where every time you went into the barbershop, somebody was stopping by to drop off books. Mm-hmm. Every time you went into the barbershop, somebody was stopping by just to say, well, we saw this on the news and we want to come check it out. Um, and one of the things that is really important about the program is that it is a barbershop that caters to an African-American male audience. Mm-hmm. And so for young black men to have an opportunity to see themselves in books as doctors, as lawyers, as inventors, as athletes who did groundbreaking things and just see really positive affirmations uh, when so much of the media shows the other side of things or and and other. I don't want to make it a dichotomy, but another side of things. It's very helpful for them to see that because all too often there's a negative picture painted about young black males. And so for a long time, it has been a staple in the community and they've touched hundreds of kids in our community through that program. I love that. So what are some of the best things for you about seeing Josiah and hearing him on his podcast and his interest what does that do for you as as a parent? What, why is that meaningful? I've been sitting here smiling the entire time that he was answering questions. <laughs> and the reason that I'm smiling is because when we first started this, Josiah was very used to working with a script. You know, he reads out loud very well. He's very polished in terms of working with the script. But when it came in the beginning to answering questions off the cuff, there were some challenges that were there. And so he'll probably be embarrassed if I say this, but we've been working on not saying like so much. <laughs> so um, have we, actually. I mean, and so. We <laughs> say so all the time. It is a thing that everybody has to work on. And it is the thing that we will, when we're sitting in the car, I'll say, okay, Josiah, answer this question for me and do it without saying like. And so the first time that we did it, he took his like count from probably 50 down to 22 and he would say like and then go ah and so we, we we've been working on not doing that but saying that to say that seeing the growth in him seeing him be able to go from a nervous wreck in his first interview when he talked with the reporters from MLive and annarbor.com to being able to navigate the conversation with you all today at the level that he did makes my chest stick out It makes me proud of the growth that he is uh, experiencing. And it also makes me, you know, just so confident in knowing that moving forward, he's only 11 today. Mm -hmm. And when he's 15, 16, who knows what the future holds? You know, 30, 40, he could be on his way to doing all kinds of things. And even if he never does anything with a microphone and a podcast again, these skills will serve him for the rest of his life. And that's huge for me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it takes a lot of guts to do it, just to even try. It's important. I I think he's a role model. I hope, Josiah, you can still hear me. Oh, he can hear you. (laughs) He can hear me. Okay. (laughs) Because he's a role model for other young men and and young women, too. I I think it's super cool. We are so excited that that he is our guest. So, Well, we certainly appreciate you having him on. Well, I think it's time to take a break. And when we come back, Carrie and I are going to talk with Josiah and we're going to talk about what we're reading. 
So we are back with Josiah and with Carrie, and we're going to talk about what we are reading. So Carrie, what's what's on your nightstand? What have you been reading? So Josiah, I had mentioned that I have a fifth grade son, and he has started reading for school because he's still doing virtual school. His class started reading the book Seed Folks by Paul Fleischman. Have you read that, Josiah? No, I don't think I have. Okay. So I decided that I was going to read that. And usually I like to read what my kids are reading. Uh, Not all the time, but just sometimes, just so I kind of know what they're up to. And also with virtual school, sometimes they'll need help with one of their assignments. So I decided to read it. I know the school that I used to teach at has students read it. I really enjoyed it. I have read other books by Paul Fleischman. He wrote a book a number of years ago called Joyful Noise Poems for Two Voices. And I would use that book and teach from it because it it's a great book. That book is poems that are told in two voices. So it might have a poem that's told from the perspective of a bee and told also from this perspective of, of a beekeeper. So I was familiar with this author. Seed Folks is all about a community garden. And this garden, what they do is it, there's this area in the city that when the book starts, it's sort of like a, a garbage dump. People just throw their old stuff there and it's all overgrown with weeds. But then what happens is the people in the community start working together so that they can grow flowers and grow vegetables and grow fruits. And it's a really cool book because each chapter is told from a different person's perspective. So it has all kinds of different people with all kinds of different experiences. And yet they all come together for this shared interest in gardening. So it was really cool. And my son likes the book. So he was pretty happy that I decided to read it. But it's not very long, maybe 100 pages. So it's a quick read for an adult. I love to garden anyway. So if you like gardening, if you like community gardens, or if you like reading books that are about all kinds of different people and how even though they may seem really, really different, that they have common experiences that they can share with each other, then I think you would like this book. So is it mainly vegetable gardening or flowers? It- people people can choose what they what they want to, you know, everybody they kind of have plots mm-hmm. and everybody can choose what they want to grow. So one person is growing pumpkins and it, the first chapter of the book is about a little girl and she plants beans. And so she's going to grow beans. But then there's other people who just plant flowers. So it really depends on what each individual person wants to do. You know, whatever they grow all creates this wonderful garden and all the, you know, the bees and the insects pollinate all the different flowers. So it's really cool. Is there like science involved with it too? Or is that really not the focus? No, no. Okay. No, it's really more a book about community and that communities are made up of all different people with all different experiences and they can each contribute something that makes the community even better. That's basically the the point of the book. Okay. So, 
Well, Josiah, is there something you're reading now that you'd like to talk about or maybe a favorite book that you'd like to share with us? Well, something that I'm reading now is this book called Trapped in a Video Game. Mm-hmm. I don't remember who's the author, but it's about this boy. He doesn't really like video games. Then his friend says, hey, come over. I got something to show you. And then he there's like something on the screen of his video game. It says no or yes. And he clicked yes, and then it put him into the video game, which he didn't know was going to do. And it was like his friend's plan to get him come inside the video game. Because he already knew that it was a video game. It's a really high-tech video game that had like a reality mode, I think they called it. So so he got trapped? Did he get trapped in there? Well, his friend at first was able to come out. But then... When he thought he was going to get out, it was locked. And you have to, like, go all the way and beat the end of the game to get out. And then, while they were trying to do the next level, they met one of the people at their school who they thought had drowned. and But he was actually got sucked inside of the video game, too. And he was actually, he looked like 30 years old somewhere around there when in reality like he just got sucked inside the video game like about like a month or two ago and he was just a kid so it's basically them trying to get out of the video game wow it reminds me of the movie that has the rock and kevin hart in it called jumanji have you seen that movie oh yeah i've seen that Okay. Did it remind you of that a little bit? Kind of, yeah. Are you a video game player, Josiah? Yeah, I do play video games a lot. So was a lot of what was going on, what it was telling you in the story, could you understand? You knew what they were talking about? Yeah. Do you have a certain video game that you like that if you got stuck in it, you would be okay being stuck in that game? Well, my favorite video game is Minecraft. Mm. I think I do pretty well being stuck in it because <laughs> pretty good at it. Is that the one where you build stuff? Yeah. Minecraft. Yeah. My daughter likes to play that one sometimes. Yeah. Well, very cool. So did you like the book then? Like, would you recommend it? Yes. It sounds super cool. My boys play video games a lot. And so I'm going to have to ask them if if they want to try this book because it sounds like something they'd enjoy. Well, Amy, what have you been reading? So I just finished a book that is a biographical novel about Muhammad Ali's life as a boy until he was about 17. And it's a middle grade book and it came out last October. And I wanted to read it because Muhammad Ali was from Louisville, Kentucky, where Carrie and I live. And he was a hero all around the world and here too. And I just wanted to know more about him. And my father-in-law grew up here in Louisville and he's a little bit younger than Muhammad Ali was, but he always talked about how Ali lived a few blocks over from where he did. And he told lots of stories about all the different neighborhoods when he was growing up. So this book is a little unusual because it's written by two authors and each author gives us a distinct part of the story. 
So the first thing that you need to know is that Muhammad Ali is referred to as Cassius Clay in this book because that's what his name was as a boy before he changed it as an adult. And the book is narrated by Cassius Clay's best friend, Lucius. And Lucius provides us all the details about what's going on in the city around them. And Lucius is a kid who does well in school, and he eventually ends up going to college and becoming a journalist. So Lucius likes to observe things. And Lucius can give us insights into Cassius and also about what it was like to grow up Black in a segregated city like Louisville in the 1950s. And these sections of the book are written by James Patterson. And a lot of adults probably know James Patterson because he writes a lot of action thriller mystery novels like the Alex Cross series. But I think he's also written some middle grade books as well. But then we have the second part of the book, which is written by the author Kwame Alexander. And he is writing the part of Cassius Clay. And what is brilliant about this and which I loved is that this part of the story is written in verse or poetry. Now, it isn't the poetry like sonnets or haiku, like maybe you've learned about in school. It's free verse, which means it doesn't rhyme and it doesn't have to have a particular meter. And it totally makes sense to me that Cassius's thoughts would be in verse. Because if you've read quotes by Muhammad Ali as an adult, he speaks in very poetic language. Some of his most famous quotes are things like, I'm going to float like a butterfly and sting like a bee. And that's vivid and has imagery and it has a certain rhythm to it. And here's another example. If my mind can conceive it and my heart can believe it, then I can achieve it. There's lots of alliteration in there, right? And so it's sort of like a party for your ears. And then there's also some illustrations that are added in as well. So what you get is a mix of prose and poetry and pictures. And I loved it. I thought it was fresh and exciting to me as a reader. And it fit the subject of this book like a glove. The story takes us from his time as a boy through his taking up boxing at around 12 years old, maybe around your age, Josiah, and then all the way up to when Cassius is winning the National Golden Glove Tournament when he was 17 and then on to the Olympics. This is absolutely an inspirational book, and Cassius is such a fun character. He is bold and confident and beloved by his community, but we also see some of his worries and insecurities, which makes him a real person like you or me. So after reading this, I wanted to read more by Kwame Alexander. I know many of his books are written in verse, like The Crossover and Rebound. In fact, he won a Newbery Award for The Crossover. And those free verse parts of Becoming Muhammad Ali, this book, were my favorite. I learned so much from this book about Ali himself and about the city that I live in now. So Louisville is my adopted hometown, and I didn't know all the history here. So it makes me want to visit Muhammad Ali's childhood home that they mention in this book, because you can visit it. It's a, it's a museum here. And there's also the Ali Center in downtown Louisville, which is dedicated to exhibits on his six core principles, which were confidence, conviction, dedication, giving, respect, and spirituality. But there's also a lot of Ali memorabilia there as well. And they have like a boxing ring you can go and pretend to fight in. But I highly recommend this book for middle schoolers, for adults who want to learn more about how Ali's childhood shaped him, for sports fans, for people from Louisville who want a different view of their city. You should just read it. It's totally worth your time. Awesome. I've read some Kwame Alexander, some of his books, and, and they're awesome. 
They're they're on my list now. I've got although I think a lot of his books are about sports. I think mm-hmm. like basketball. I think there's one about soccer. And sports are not necessarily my favorite thing to read about. But I'm going to see if there's one that's maybe not sports related. I read the one about basketball. And you know, I am not a sports person. But I thought it was a fantastic book. The way he writes about basketball made me totally interested in basketball. Okay. Because it's it's more about the internal it's less about the bounce and the ball than it is, but there's so many poetic things you can do with sports, you know, like with those similes and metaphors and alliteration and onomatopoeia and all those things. So Josiah, have you ever read any Kwame Alexander? Uh, yeah, I've actually, I think I've read the crossover Mm -hmm. and booked. And Mm -hmm. I really liked how it was like, sports which i'm into but with poetry and how like written i thought it was really cool yeah well i was wondering what kids your age thought about the poetry you know it used to be a lot of people were sort of intimidated by poetry like it seemed very i don't know like for really old smart people or something right but but so you thought the poetry in it the way he wrote it was cool yeah so that's two people saying you need to check them out. <laughs> okay, you sold me. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we are going to do Three About Me, our new Q&A segment called Three <laughs> About Me with Josiah in just a second. We are back with Josiah, and we are going to ask him his three about me. All right. Question number one. You have an interest, which we've already kind of touched on. You have an interest in Greek mythology. Who is your top Greek god or character from Greek mythology and why? Uh, my favorite Greek god in Greek mythology is probably Poseidon because... I think it's really cool how like he has like a whole city underwater and things like that and he can talk to fish he can just summon a whole tsunami if he wants to which is really cool that is pretty cool do you like fish and aquariums and things yeah i really like going to aquariums and seeing all the fish my boys always used to like to go to aquariums too, and especially like the really big, weird-looking fish. Those are the super cool ones to look like. But you're right, Poseidon having a, his whole city under water and being able to talk to the fish is pretty cool. And Josiah, we probably don't want to get Amy started on like sea creatures. She kind of has a thing. You talk about an octopus or something, and she won't stop talking about them. So we should probably move on to question two quickly. <laughs> What are you talking about? You're the one who talks about octopus. (laughs) All right. Well, my question for you, and we talked a little bit about this, but you are a big fan of Minecraft. So do you like creative or survival? And what's the top best thing that you've done in the game? I like both of them, but I like survival better because I like to see how you progress from basically having nothing 
to, you know, having your own giant house and the, the whole bunch of diamonds and pretty much everything you could want. But I also like to play in servers. Servers are basically a thing where you can play with random people in like little mini games. Uh, there's this thing called Bed Wars, which basically, if people break your bed, then you can't respawn. Oh. So, you basically have to try to protect your bed and <laughs> try to take other people's beds. What do you do with everybody's beds then? Where, like, where do you put all the beds? Uh, they just disappear when you break them. <laughs> so I'm imagining if you're trying to protect your bed and you're trying to steal other people's beds, do you have to like carry your bed around? No, it's like you have like a little base and you have to like put blocks over it oh. so that people can't easily get to it. I see. Well, my sons play Minecraft fairly often i can't watch a whole lot of video games because when people are moving like in the video game it makes makes me motion sick like car sick you know that feeling but my sons have realized that if they build like some kind of cool house or cool apartment and they put a hot tub in it then i'll come watch them for a little bit because i love seeing those hot tubs (laughs) in the house that they've made so do you ever do that do you ever like make a cool house and put a pool or a hot tub in it well i have this friend she's built like a whole city she has like a school oh wow an aquarium a zoo and a whole bunch of other stuff she even has like a mcdonald's at her city and i've helped her build some of that stuff so yeah All right, question number three. So your mom told us that you have a new betta fish. Is is your betta fish still living? Yeah. Awesome. So what is your fish's name, and what is the top coolest thing about owning a betta fish? Uh, Well, my betta fish's name is Neptune because it's a blue betta fish. And that was, like, one of the first things that, popped up when i google blue fish names so (laughs) that's a pretty specific google (laughs) blue fish names that's funny so uh and probably the coolest thing about owning a betta fish is that actually if you like stick a piece of food like fish food on your finger and you put it above the water it'll actually like jump up and take the food from off of your finger. Oh my goodness. And you've tested this, right? Yeah. Does it tickle or anything? Does it hurt? It doesn't hurt, but it kind of like tickles a little. I thought for sure you were going to say that your betta fish's name was Poseidon. (laughs) What kind of food do you put on your finger? Maybe you said that. I didn't hear it. Do you put like a hot dog? What do you put on your finger? <laughs> hot dog. <laughs> well, there's like these little fish food pellets that we have. And you know, oh. you just gotta kind of like stick to your finger. So, yeah. 
Okay. Maybe a hot dog was a little was a little out of the uh, ordinary. He's be but... like when Josiah and his family are talking about this interview, he'll be like, "Yeah, the lady thought I fed the betta fish a hot dog." Hot dog. <laughs> Adults could be weird, can't they, Josiah? Yes. <laughs> well, Josiah, thank you so much for taking time out of your Saturday morning to speak with us, and Keith, thank you for making it happen. It has been so much fun for us to learn all about the podcast. Thank you. We've had a great time. Thank you for having us. (laughs) You're very welcome. You can find Josiah's podcast at Read Books with Josiah, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow him on Instagram at Read Books with Josiah. Did you know you can find a list of all the books, podcasts, movies, and TV shows we talk about on our show? You don't need to have a pencil and paper sitting right next to you to write down all the titles you hear us mention. For show notes for any episode, just go to our website at perksofbeingabooklover.com. The show notes are also included on the description of the episode on your podcast player. And if you like what we're doing with the show, tell a friend. Word of mouth is one of the best ways to help people find us. Do you know another great way to get the word out? Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. The more ratings we have, the more likely that our show will pop up for listeners looking for bookish podcasts. And writing a review is great too. If you leave a review, we'll read it on the air. Thanks for joining us this week. Follow us on Facebook at The Perks of Being a Book Lover or on Instagram at Perks of Being a Book Lover Pod to see what we're up to. Finally, a huge thank you to Forward Radio, 106.5 FM, a grassroots community radio station in Louisville, Kentucky. You can find our show there, live or in archives, at forwardradio.org.